to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Bowden, and today we're shifting our lens from the old to the new. When our lens on life in the spirit comes from an old covenant perspective, we're living in a visitational culture where we see God's presence as something that comes and goes rather than a constant, intimate, daily relationship. It's almost like eagerly awaiting that next vacation rather than living in a daily state of rest and enjoyment. Try imagining instead your favorite place to relax. It's a place where you feel completely at rest and free to be yourself. You don't just visit this place, you inhabit it in your heart. That's what a new covenant habitational lifestyle is all about. It's where we recognize that God's presence isn't something that visits us, but rather someone who loves us and lives inside of us. Today, I invite you to embrace this newness of life that's promised in the new covenant, where we get to daily live in the never-ending, always present presence of God. Without further ado, let's jump in with Graham Cook. So in the prophetic, there's a major lens change from Old Testament to New Testament. Jesus came saying, you have, all, you have the law and the prophets until John. And then they don't, you don't have them in that same way anymore. Because now the gospel of the kingdom is being preached and everyone is pressing into it. So, the law, so John was the last of the Old Testament prophets and his job was to point to Jesus who is the first in a New Testament type of prophet. So Jesus comes as prophet, priest, and king and John says, I and all that I represent must decrease and he and all that he represents in the prophetic must increase because now prophets in the New Testament, they're friends of the bridegroom and they know his voice. So you know a New Testament prophet, when they speak to the church, they know they're speaking to the beloved of God. So if you're a friend of the bridegroom, you're going to talk to his fiance in a very different voice, right? So, so you can tell an Old Testament-style prophet and a New Testament-style prophet just by how they speak, just the intonation of their voice, how they speak, and so on. And you can tell who's had the lens change and who hasn't. Yeah? You can tell, too, um, people who are... Jesus wanted people to come out of a visitational lifestyle relationship with God where God could come on you, but he could lift off you. And Jesus actually brought in a whole new covenant where now God is living on the inside of us and we are learning to be a habitation of God by the Spirit. So basically, the Bible says that you are a new creation. What does that mean? It means we are a race of people never seen in the earth before Jesus. Because before Christ, everyone had a visitational relationship with God because God came on them and lifted off them and so on. And now because of Jesus, God actually comes and makes his abode in us and we are a habitation of God by the Spirit. That's a whole different creation. So you are a people group never seen in the earth because the earth had never known anybody to have God living on the inside of them until Jesus came and made that possible. 
So now we're a habitation of God. That means we do church completely differently. Right? So that's a major lens change, that I have God living on the inside of me. So therefore, my spirituality is not out there anymore. It's in here. And so that means that all the truth and revelation that I need is actually going to rise up within me. Yeah? Because Christ is in me and the Holy Spirit is given to me, according to John 16, to take all the things that belong to Jesus and make them real. He understands all the deep things of God and all the mysteries. It's because he has a search engine bigger than Google. He searches all the deep things of God. And he's come to tell us things about God and therefore ourselves that we've never heard before because we're in this completely different place. And when it comes to hearing the voice of God, here's the thing, is God doesn't speak to your head. He speaks into your spirit. And so the word of God speaks here and rises up into your conscious thinking because that's how a habitational person would think. God is already in me so I can hear his voice. I just need to get still and listen. And that voice is going to rise up within me because he speaks into my heart first and those words come and explode into my thinking and change and the light bulb goes on. Whereas if you're in a visitational culture, you're waiting for something out there. You're you're, you're external in your expectation of who God is and how God works. And so you think that God speaks to your head. And you'll hear people say, well, I know it in my head. I'm waiting for it to make the 18-inch drop into my heart. There is no 18-inch drop because God does not speak to your head. He speaks into your spirit and it rises up and explodes into your thinking. That's like revelation almost like spins you around in that sense. You know? And it's here, God is because God is living here. You are born again by the spirit and now God's living on the inside of you. That's a major lens change. So you can see that everything that God is doing So from the transition from a visitational culture to a habitational culture is something that Jesus modeled. And so you can always tell who's in a visitational culture and who's in a habitational one because people in a visitational culture will be pinning all their hopes on revival. And to them, revival is an event. We need an event because in a visitational culture, everything is external. So we need an event, we need something to happen in the move of God, you know, when that comes, then we can all be changed and so on. But in a habitational culture, you are the revival. In a habitational culture, it's God is already in you, and you just, we are waking up to who we really are. And so we're realizing that I am that revival, God is renewing me, And I don't have to wait for anything external. I just need to flow with whatever God wants to be inside of me now. So you can always tell those people in prayer who who has what particular lens when it comes to prayer. Because in a visitational culture, we'll we'll be happy to fast and pray and spend hours crying out 
Oh, Lord, oh, that you would open a window in heaven and come down. Well, there's a door been opened for 2,000 years. His name is Jesus, and that door is actually in you. So the door is in you, and it's got a handle on both sides of that door. When Jesus said, hey, I'm coming knocking on that door, I want to have some fellowship. So you realize there's a door in me. I can go into his presence anytime I want, and he can come into mine. So you pray differently. Depending on your perception of yourself as a person, that will um, determine how you pray. So you can end up praying like a widow, or you can pray like a bride. Yeah? You can end up praying towards God rather than praying with God. Because what the Bible talks about in prayer is that Hebrews 7.25 says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. He's praying for us. Aren't you curious about what he might be praying? I'm totally curious. I'm hooked on. I just need to hear what he's praying first. That's why we rejoice because rejoicing puts you in the frame where the presence of God is. You know, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. So we rejoice first because that puts us in a place where we can listen. Then we listen to what Jesus is praying. So the Bible says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. And in Romans 8, it says that the Holy Spirit also groans with intercession. I think he groans because he has to live with us, eh? He's like, dear Lord, please let Graham get it. Please, you just wake that English boy up, please. Do me a favor, I'm running out of angels to look after him. Because he's doing all their heads in. They all want R and R. So there you've got two significant members of the Godhead praying. And what if you are a third fold cord in prayer? What if you're the third part? You've got prayer going on in stereo from two fabulous individuals. And what you do is you get to join in and say the same thing. Yeah? And what we're doing then is we're praying with God, not towards him. And then prayer, you know, um, in a visitational context, prayer can be a discipline. We see prayer as a discipline. But in a relational context, we see it as a delight. Because here's the thing. If we're learning to live from heaven to earth, then there are no disciplines in heaven. You ever thought about it that way? There are no disciplines in heaven. No one's standing around the throne going, okay, just 45 minutes to go in this worship thing. I know it's been going on for four years, but 45 minutes to go. No one's thinking, I have to come into the presence of God. No one's trying to get their mind right to come before the Lord and anything in heaven. Everyone just looks up and sees Jesus. And it's like Homer Simpson with chicken. You just start to drool. Ah, chicken. It's like, Jesus. Ah, Jesus. You're in. You're right there. And then 
the whole thing about being in the presence of God, you know, probably three quarters of it is relaxing, resting, knowing that you fit, knowing that you're welcome. You don't have to be perfect about everything because he is. And so you enter into his completeness, you enter into his rest, you enter into his perfection, and you're accepted in the beloved. It's just like we can come with all that we are and it doesn't matter because he's already made a place for us. And so how he sees us makes us accepted. So it's really important for us to understand the lens that God has towards us. Hey friends, we know that learning to think brilliantly can completely transform your life and enrich your relationships. It's not just good news, it's brilliant. You can discover how to unlock your next level of upgrades and refresh your thinking by visiting brillianttv.com today.